Hi Calvary, I'm Jeff Brenner, the Connections Pastor. And I'm Cy Marshall, the Student Pastor. Thanks for joining us today at Calvary. If you're new, we'd love to connect with you. If you're in person in the building, we've got a next step space in the lobby where someone can talk to you, uh, find out ways you can get connected. If you're online, we've got a connect card we'd like for you to fill out, uh, ways you can serve, ways we can pray for you, or if you're joining us outside of the building, it's always fun to hear where people are tuning in at. So you can fill that out online or meet us in person. Absolutely. Sign up, sign up for student community, but we're back. So I'm very excited about that as we haven't got to gather for the past few weeks. So back to our regular programming. So high schoolers see you tonight. Uh, so yeah, really excited about that. And for all things uh, Calvary, things we maybe haven't mentioned or forgot to say, you can find that all on the info hub at yourcalvary.info, as well as Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and our weekly emails. So if you're not receiving any of those or not following us yet, we definitely recommend that you get on that so you can find all things Calvary. And with that being said, thank you for joining us today. Stand with us. If you're here live, if you're at home, won't you join us in worship this morning? Come on.
God of the promise, God of the future, you see beginning and end. God of the rescue, God of the breakthrough, how great is your faithfulness. You're not done yet. No eye has ever seen, no ear has ever heard, no one could ever comprehend. Your word will be enough, your promise we will trust. our current circumstance where we are right now is not where we'll be in the future the hours the days however long we have left here we know that God's not done yet he's still working amen do you believe that and we gather and we worship together so thank you for joining us online and in person here to worship here at Calvary 
We've celebrated in baptism in the first service, and so we rejoice with uh, the one who was baptized. We worship together. So let's continue in worship. Let's lift our voice this morning. How great the chasm that lay between us How high the mountain I could not climb In desperation I turned to heaven And spoke your name into the night then through the darkness your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul the work is finished the end is written jesus christ my living hope Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross is spoken. I am forgiven, the King of Kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Sealed the promise, your buried body began to breathe. Out of the silence, the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Then came the morning, I sealed the promise.
Praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Won't you guys have a seat? Why do we gather? We gather to learn from the Word. We gather to train through spiritual practices. We gather to experience redemptive community. We do all of this through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is why we gather. Good morning. How's everybody doing? I'm glad you're here. Glad you're joining us online today. We are going to be wrapping up our series on why we gather today. And through this time, we have allowed and viewed it through the lens of Colossians chapter 3, and also through the lens of our discipleship pathway. And if you're new and you're not familiar with what our discipleship pathway is, it is something that we have uh, formed or crafted as a way, as a guide for us on what it looks like and things we need to pay attention to as we follow Jesus. In the first week, Daniel talked um, about this um, idea of learning, the things that we fill our minds with, and how it's important for us as, to gather so that we pay attention to what we're thinking about. Because the things that we fill our minds with, the things that we learn, are going to shape who we become. And then the next week, he talked about how we train or how we live. And the reality is this, that how we live, the things that we think about are going to inform the habits that we practice, the habits that form us. And so because of that, we want to make sure that the practices and the things that we are doing align with the teachings of Jesus. And those can be done in isolation, but those are also best practiced with others. And this week, we're going to finish the series talking about how we do that in the context of community. So thinking about how we learn, how we train, but making sure that we do that with others. And luckily for me, this is one when you're looking at throughout the, the sermon series, if we're going to talk about a purpose to gather, I think the obvious one, one of the reasons that we do gather is for community. Because we could have a discussion, we could um, talk about how some of the things that we fill our mind with, some of the things that we learn, can be done on our own. They can be done, whether it's maybe for you listening to the Word of God as you walk or as you drive into work is a good practice for you, just for you and God alone on your own. And maybe a practice for you, your time spent in prayer, your morning devotions, or your evening time is a good time spent alone. And silence and solitude do have a place in the spiritual practice world to help us become more like Jesus. But when it comes to community, that is something that needs to be practiced with others. 
Because, let me put it this way, you cannot have community with yourself. And we're going to talk about this a little bit. I know that most of you here probably like yourself better than everyone else. You never disagree with yourself. You're always right. You always think that the, you think the same way. You don't have to disagree with yourself all that much. But it's through those disagreements, it's through the challenge of being with others that we really are shaped and are grown. So ex to experience community on our own, by ourselves, is difficult, if not, I would say, impossible. We need each other to do that. It requires some gathering. And I don't know if this is uh, uh, by happenstance, but I've been here for about four and a half years now, and I think this is my sixth sermon on community. So hopefully there's some new content here that we can enjoy together. Um, I do think that, that in the context of where we're at right now, that there's some light to be shown here. And I do believe, and I want you guys to understand that we do value community and we do value us gathering together. So let's, with that being said, let's move to Colossians 3, starting in verse 12. And a little bit this week, there, are, there is going to be a little bit where we're jumping back a little bit to what Daniel talked about using some of the verses to move forward this week. So there might be some things that sound familiar to you, but I think it's going to help us uh, better understand what Paul is trying to tell us as we learn today. So Colossians 3, 12 through 13. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, if anyone has grievance with one another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you should also forgive. Question for us. Why do you think that God chose the church as his vehicle to spread his mission? Why did he choose a gathered group of people, the church, to further his mission in the world. He could have chosen whatever he wanted to. He could have given us some document that we just had to read and understand on our own, and through the understanding of that document, on our own, by ourselves, that's where salvation, that's how we worked out our faith, that's how his mission got spread. And we do have the word of God that is helpful in that context. It helps guide us, but if all we are doing is reading the word of God on our own in isolation and not doing that in the context of others, we have a skewed view of what that can be. When we look at these passages, we notice some words here. I notice some words. Unity, forgiveness, peace, thankfulness, gratitude, compassion. And these are all words that are very challenging for me. But these are words that describe a person that I would like to be, that I am training to become. And the reality is, for me, if I'm going to train to become this, it is going to happen better in the context of doing it in community than on my own. Now hear me say, it is important for us to practice some of these things for ourselves. It is good that you are patient with yourself. It's good to be kind to yourself. It's good to forgive yourselves. I think these are things that we hold on to a lot. We tend to beat ourselves up a lot, and these are things that are good for us to practice for ourselves. But it is important for us to be able to practice them with one another. If these are going to be things that mark my life and mark your life as attributes of followers of Jesus, we need others around us to do that. Because we are called to be a people who, is, who are compassionate. We are called to be a people who are humble and kind and gentle. But we are doing that for the sake of others, not for the sake of ourselves. 
And I think sometimes in the Western world, if we're honest, we are so concerned about ourselves that we lose sight of the benefit of these things for one another. Again, and, and let's just be transparent with each other. Even the context of church, there's a lot of times where we are so concerned about our own discipleship, about our own spiritual formation, about our own walk with Jesus, that that becomes our singular focus on what is best for us instead of understanding what is best in the context for others. And when we gather together, these are some things that force us to focus on others and not just ourselves. Scripture talks about how we are one body, the body of Christ, and each of us plays a role. Each of us has talents, gifts, and abilities that God has blessed us with. And those are great, and it's good for us to pay attention to those. It's good for us to craft those a little bit more, to spend some time, some energy, and some attention to make sure that we are able to use those for the benefit of others and for our, better, our betterment as well. But if we just focus on that and don't focus on other people, it's for our own loss and for the loss of our community. Because what I think happens most of the time, maybe not most, some of the time, is that we become so focused on us and that we start to believe that our piece of the puzzle, our part in the family of God, our part in the body is the most valuable part. It's a valuable part. God created you. He created me the way that he did with a purpose, with a mission. But that mission wasn't just for me and for you. That mission was for everyone to benefit from those. And when we gather together in community, others get to benefit from those gifts, talents that God has given us. And it doesn't just become about us. Now, this year has been a challenging year. Let's just call it for what it is. If there's been one thing that has been disrupted the most, it's our community. And I don't know what your community looks like. It could be where you work. It could be the life of your neighborhood. It could be where you go to school. It could be a team that you're a part of or a band that you're in. And all of those things have been disrupted and turned on top of their head. And none of us really thought that it was going to last a year. And we are moving towards that. And if we're honest with each other, we probably don't know exactly how it's going to play out as far as our mental and emotional health. And we could sit here and talk about the different things and how that's affected us today. I don't want to dive into all of those things. The one thing I would like to focus on, though, is how it has affected us as the Big C Church and how it's affected us locally here at Calvary. Because it has been affected, if, if we're going to articulate and accurately talk about what community is, why we gather, we need to today specifically talk about the world that we're living in now and, and what has changed and how we react differently to that. So first of all, let's talk about the importance of us to gather as the big C church, the body of Christ. The way that we gather now looks different than it, than it ever has. We have people that are gathered here with us at Calvary Church at 310 Cowberry Road, West Lafayette, Indiana. We have some that are gathering online right now. And we have others who will pick this up later in the week, probably Tuesday, Wednesday, and they're going to watch it when it works out best for them. And this is a new reality for us. This is never anything that, up to this point that we had truly experienced like we've experienced it now. And it's by this time it's been necessary it's been necessary for us to explore these ways of consuming church and going to church. And I know, I know, across the board, across the country, there have been um, some division on how this has been done. Some people who really enjoyed it, 
some people who have really disliked it. Some people, some of you are very go with the flow, doesn't really matter, we're just happy, and thank you for that. But I'm not here to argue which way is right, which way is wrong, which way is best, which way is not. What I do want to talk about, though, is in this time, over this year, we have realized the value of community more than ever before. Regardless of where you stand on how things should have been practiced, the understanding that the gathering and our need for community and our need for one another has never been greater in my lifetime than what we're experiencing right now. And so what I want to take a look at is how do we continue to grow in this? How do we continue to understand that we do live in a time right now and I believe there is a ton of grace out there for church leaders and for church staff and for, ch and for um, yeah, church leadership just in general because there's been no great way to do this. There's a ton of grace in that. But it is important for us to gather. And I want to take a look, continue in Colossians to help frame that a little bit for us. So if we read on in Colossians 3, 14 through 16, it says this. Above all, put on love which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ, which you were called in one body, rule in your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, spiritual song, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. Do you notice some of those words from verses 12 and 13 show up again here in verses 13 and 14? And how they play out in the context of doing it with one another. We also see here that these verses have helped shape a little bit of what our church gatherings have looked like for centuries. They're singing, there's hymns that are sung, there are songs that are saying they gathered, they, they gathered together. There was someone who got up and taught, and we were to encourage one another and love one another, and we're supposed to do it in love because that is the perfect bond of unity. And we are to be thankful. But one of the things that this season has showed us is you don't necessarily need to gather to consume content. So if we're being transparent again, if you wanted to, what you could do is your Sunday service, if your, your, your um, Sunday morning could look like this. Um, you're going to go to YouTube, and you're going to find a communicator or a preacher who's way better than I am. And maybe you connect, you like the way that he teaches, and so you're going to go ahead and you're going to find that, and you're going to watch that on Sunday mornings. And then once you're done with that, you've got a Spotify playlist that you can put on that has all your favorite worship leaders with all your favorite songs. You can put them in the order and the progression that you want to put them in so it best fits you. This is the reality that we live in now. This is doable. So why do we show up here? Why do we gather together here? In my opinion, the reason that we gather and we don't just consume content, but to gather as the church, to gather in community, is so that we can mutually encourage, mutually challenge, and love one another. And these are things that are difficult to do in isolation by yourself. Now, I'm going to go into some things here that um, you may agree with, that you may not agree with, and we're going to talk about the importance in that here in a second. But I would just ask, as I start to get into this a little bit, I would ask for you, uh, I listened to a, um, a conference this week, and one of the words they used was generously listen. And so I'm going to ask you right now to generously listen to what I have to say. 
One of the things that I personally have wrestled through in this season of deciding how do we, how do we prioritize gathering together, but also prioritizing keeping people safe, is when I've looked this last summer and fall, we signed up uh, my oldest son, Logan, for baseball. And we signed him up for baseball with the intent for him to play baseball. And so we knew that he was going to go to a field, that he was going to bring his mitt and his bat, that he was going to play catch, that he was going to learn the fundamentals of the game, and he was going to do that with others. And that's what we signed him up for, and that's what we paid for, because that is how the game of baseball is played. We would not have signed him up to play baseball if baseball meant that you were going to log on and watch a coach tell you how to swing a bat and instruct you on how to throw a ball and how to catch it, and this is how the game works. We wouldn't have signed him up for that because that's not how you play the game of baseball. Maybe for you it's music, right? So by yourself, you can play an instrument, and you can work on that craft, and you can hone that craft, but that musical instrument is best done when you play in the context of a band, and when they play, when other instruments play in concert with each other, that's what makes music so beautiful. Now again, we're in a time that things have had to look different. So there is a place for that. But what I want to encourage us with is why do we think and why did I think that it was okay and that you can't play baseball without being with other people to play baseball? And how are we doing that with, you could go to church, but not actually be with people. That you could do church without being around others. And this was something that I had to wrestle with. Because again, I believe, and I think scripture sees that we value in doing church and being a part of a church is doing it with others in the context of community where we can mutually challenge, mutually encourage, and mutually love one another. The beautiful thing is through that, that is how we grow. This passage of peace, unity, thankfulness is all done and meant to be done in the presence of others. And the reason it's good to practice with others is because other people sharpen us, they challenge us, they push us. And our gifts, talents, and abilities can benefit them as well. We do not grow to become more like Jesus unless we are around people who are going to challenge us a little bit. Unless we're going to grow a little bit. And the nice thing about this is that I'm thankful for is that even as I said those words, and maybe you agreed, maybe you disagree. Again, I hope you were generous with your listening. But we have the foundation here, hopefully, that we love Jesus. And we believe that Jesus is the best thing that happened to us. And we want others to experience the same freedom that we have experienced, experience the same life that we have experienced because of Jesus in our life. How that is practiced and how that is played out can look differently, but we can at least agree on the basis that we want others to experience Jesus in the way that we have experienced him. And through that, we can grow and we can challenge and we can have conversations with each other to ultimately better ourselves in that because we have the foundation of Jesus and that is best done in the context of community. We see this a lot in Jesus' ministry. I talked about this a little bit on a live that I did with a Facebook live that I did with Daniel last week. I wanted to take a little bit of time here to explain it a little bit. But Jesus was okay with people having differences of opinion and he welcomed those. 
And the clearest place that we see that is when we look at his 12 apostles. So he had 12 disciples that followed him around, and as they followed him around, two people that he chose to be a part of that 12 was Simon the Zealot and Matthew the Tax Collector. And to give you some context of what that looks like, Matthew the tax collector worked for the Roman government. He was a Jewish man who worked for the Roman government who was the governing body over them. And he collected people's money to give to Rome and also to make his pockets fill, fill up his pockets. And then you had Simon over here, and Simon was a zealot, which means he was a Jewish man that didn't like that Rome was the government and wanted to overthrow the government, even if it meant through acts of violence. And so what does Jesus do? He puts them in the same room together. He says, hey, come and follow me and let's go for a journey. Let me invite you to walk with me, to eat with me, to eat with each other, to camp together for the next three years. And I think that, in my opinion, Jesus wanted that tension there for them to be able to wrestle out what the kingdom of God is going to look like. And if we're transparent with each other and honest with each other, most of the time we don't look for people who are different than us. We don't desire to spend time with people who see the world differently than we do. We just want to be with people that make it comfortable. And that's a lot of times the way that we view community, is being around people who we're safe with, who we're comfortable with, who sees the world as we do. But when we are around people who see the world differently but still have that foundation of loving Jesus, it helps sharpen us, and we grow within that tension. As I was thinking about it this week, one of the areas that that came out most as I was thinking about was in running. And it's good for us, for me, when I run, to have someone that runs at the same pace that I run at. That's comfortable. It's nice. We can go out together, we can go for a run, we can talk with each other, and it's a good community because we're running at the same pace, we have the same goals in mind, and having someone to run alongside is beneficial in my training. But if I'm going to want to grow, if I'm going to want to get faster, if I'm going to want to run longer, then I need to run with someone occasionally that is going to push me in that. Someone that's going to challenge me to move a little bit faster, to go a little bit farther than what I want to go maybe challenge me in some different workout techniques that I don't necessarily, I've never put into practice before. But we ultimately have the same goal is that we want to be better runners. So to have someone that's challenging me is important. It's also important for me to look behind, to say, okay, who is coming up? Who can I help challenge? Who can I help grow? Who does God want to use me for to help bring them along? And if we have eyes to see this tension in our lives, we and others as a community are going to grow because we have people who are challenging us, people who are encouraging us, and people that we are challenging and encouraging. And through that, we begin to grow. And we grow in that tension. That tension is not for us to figure out who is right and who is wrong, but ultimately growth into who God is calling us and creating us to be. Now, how has that played out for us here at Calvary? What does that look like for us? To be transparent again. It's a word I've used too many times already this morning. It's been challenging. It's been challenging to figure out what decisions to make. And this tension that we've talked about, the tension that you've seen across the country, there's been that same tension here on staff. And we've had to sacrifice what we thought was best or maybe what we wanted for the betterment of other people. Because we do, we value so much our gathering. We value community. We want people to not be in isolation. We don't want people to be lonely. We do think it's important for the church for us to gather, but we also value people's lives. 
We value people's safety, and we want to be good neighbors in the sense that we don't always do what we think is just best for us, but we do what's best for other people in our area. And so as we've tried to make those decisions, there's been some tension that's there, and we have tried our best to create a space that is safe for people to come and gather while also creating something that those who don't feel comfortable being here can still experience and still track along with us. But I do want to take a moment as we have wrestled through those things, and this is personally, this is from Drew Phillips, this is not from Calvary staff or anybody else, this is from me. I want to apologize for our lack of of helping you, for us being prepared to walk through this last year. For many years, we put a lot of our time, energy, and focus on making Sunday morning happen and for you guys to experience community here. And when all of this happened last March, it threw us into a little bit of a tizzy to figure out how do we do this throughout the week? How do we pay more attention to how we, how we are pastors and leaders, not just on Sunday morning, but Monday through Saturday? And there's been some things that we've tried in this last year that I think have worked really well. There have been some other things that have a little, been a little bit clunky. So thank you for your patience with us in that. But we are trying our best to balance what it looks like to have community to gather together, but also to be good neighbors and to realize what's going on and not make it about ourselves, but protect others in that process. We are going to continue to make steps to encourage you to be in community, to gather together, to be able to walk with you throughout the rest of the week. These are some things that we are starting to grow in. But you just said, Drew, something I just said, it's important for us to gather, but we are obviously gathering in different ways now. How are we going to do that? This would be my encouragement to this. When this COVID season comes to a close, however that looks, my encouragement is this, that we would come back to value gathering together on a Sunday morning, that we would value gathering together in small groups throughout the week so that we can grow, that we gather together with people who look and act and think different than we do for the betterment of ourselves, for the betterment of our church body, and for the betterment of God's kingdom. How that looks right now is something that we're going to continue to try to get creative with. Whether that is you feel comfortable being here on a Sunday morning and gathering as we gather now, or whether that means that's in this season until we get there, you're still not comfortable doing that, that's fine. But I would encourage you, what does it look like for you to have conversations and what does it look like for you to continue to grow and be around people who are going to challenge you? Maybe if you do watch this later on Tuesday, maybe invite some people that you've kind of hung out with a little bit, if you've done that, to watch it with you. So that you're just not consuming the content on your own, but you're doing it with others. Let's not forsake gathering together. And as I said, this whole thing, we are not sure of what the end game is going to look like. We don't know what the mental and emotional uh, state of our country and our world is going to be. But one thing that we are pretty confident in is if you look at statistics, people are not coming to church like they used to come to church. And my hope is that through this year, the habit that is not formed is that, or that I hope that the habit that has not been formed is this, is that we go to church when we want to, when it fits in our schedule, but I hope it's something that we prioritize our gathering so that we can experience the community. 
whatever that looks like. So one of the ways we're going to start doing this, this week a little bit, one way we want to encourage you is that this week, instead of doing a ministry fair like we've done in the past, where you, we have tables out in the lobby that you can go up, you can figure out, find out about different ministries, how you want to serve, how do you want to use your gifts and talents in the context of our church community, we're going to do that online this week. So this week, on all of our social media platforms, we are going to continue to push some of this stuff out. And, and each day, we'll highlight a different ministry where you can go on to our info hub and sign up for those things. You can find these videos will be on, and all the information will be on, on Facebook, on Instagram, on our info hub, and also on YouTube. These videos will be there for you to engage with and to find out where God might want you to serve. Because this, when we serve, however that looks, it's going to automatically put us with people who do value the kingdom of God, who do want to follow Jesus, but maybe they see the world a little bit differently than you do. And being in that context and being there is going to help you be with other people who think a little bit differently, that you might experience a little bit of tension. But God wants to use your talents, your gifts and abilities to further his kingdom in the context of that community. So spend some time, check those out this week. On top of that, we do have a daily training. And if you're new here, one of the reasons we do a daily training is as we follow Jesus, we want to make sure that there's something daily that we can do. And so for this week, one of the things we're going to do is we're going to practice living one particular one another this week. Is that confusing or what? Let me explain a little bit. One particular one another this week. So if you read through scripture, Jesus and a lot of the New Testament authors encourage us to love one another, to bear with one another, to be kind to one another to forgive one another, to encourage one another. So my encouragement and challenge to us is this week, find one of these one another's and put it into practice. Maybe there's someone that you need to forgive and this week you are gonna forgive and take, walk through the process of forgiving that person. Maybe there's someone that really needs your love and you are going to love them. Maybe there's someone that you could really use some kindness, some gentleness, and you're going to choose to be kind and gentle to them this week so that you can start to practice what it means to live in community, to do life with other people by being kind, encouraging. Maybe it's just sitting with someone who's having a tough week and that could be over a computer screen, just listening to the difficulty that they're walking through right now. Let's practice that this week. And as we close, I want to focus on our final verse of this section. It's Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So we finish here with an encouragement. That in all we do, in word or in deed, in learning or in training, do in the name of Jesus to give thanks to God through him. We've spent this last three weeks, we've spent this series taking a look at the purpose and the value of gathering together. We gather so that we can learn together. We gather so that we can train together. And we gather so that we can have community with one another through the power and through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. 
Let's pray. Father, we love you. I thank you for this church. I thank you for your church at large, that that was the vehicle that you wanted to bring your mission and your good news to the rest of the world through, Lord. And I pray that as the global church, that we would continue to take steps to point people to your son, Jesus, that he can, so that the world can experience the love, the joy, the peace that we find in Jesus, the hope that we have in him. And Father, how that plays out in our local context, in our local community, Lord. I pray this week that you would give us eyes to see those around us who need us to love them, to be kind to them, to, to just be with them, to encourage them, Lord. Maybe to forgive, Father. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to convict and prompt us to step out of our comfort zone, to step away from those that, that, that feel so easy and so light and that we would take a little bit of a risk knowing that you are there and that when we follow you, we can trust you to show up. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to gather. And I pray that we would not lose sight of that no matter what's going on in the world. That whether it's a gathering of two or three or whether it's a gathering of 25 or more, that we would experience you in that time. We love you. To your name we pray. Amen. Cover 
one thing that brings us together. It's the hope of the cross and the resurrection. We'd be hopeless without it. Without your goodness, I would be desperate. Without your love, saved to the darkness. If it wasn't for the cross, as you have won me with your kindness, chase me down I was lost where would I be if it wasn't for the cross and hallelujah we thank you Jesus I was a prisoner now I'm not cause with your my free 
you so much for joining us. Um, a couple real quick things for those who were interested in discovering Calvary got pushed back till next week because pandemic. That's all I need to say, right? We're just adjusting schedules on the fly as we go around these days. Um, also, I want to just kind of say this. Uh, people ask me all the time, Daniel, why um, do you not preach every week? A lot of it's because you need to hear more than one view. Um, there's many other reasons, but having Drew speak occasionally or John Kelly or whoever else may come on the stage, Pastor Charles Walters, it allows us to not just have one person's view because the community aspect is important. So that's just a little inside information. As we go towards what's coming up, it's of course very appropriate on the, the memorial of Martin Luther King's weekend that we pause and pray for our country that we pray for our leaders, regardless of how you may feel, whether or not your candidate won or lost, the Bible commands us to pray for our country and our leaders. So let's do that right now. God, we thank you um, for how you are good. God, we ask that you be with our future president, Joe Biden. And God, that you would do some amazing things in his life and faith. That you would surround him with people that would point him to you. We pray for wisdom for him. We pray for our congressional leaders. We pray for our city of officials. God, we pray for those who are on the front lines defending us, whether that's National Guard, military, police officers. Um, God, would you be with them and their families? We pray for our healthcare workers who continue to put their lives on the line for us. And God, we ask for unity in our country. We know that's only possible when we seek you together. So God, help us to be a light into the darkness, a beacon of hope for the world. In your name we pray, amen. We love you all. See you next week.